past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant, and we are glad that you're joining us here today, and you, once again, are going to be glad that you've joined us because we have Thomas Prowner, a career changer, and, and Tom, you just have such a great background because you were in HR, and then you've been in the careers industry for a while, and you're also, you know, your your spouse, your partner, uh, you learn a lot from his, I know we always talk about the things you learn as he's going through his job changes and career changes, so I just love talking to you, and thank you for joining us here again on the show. And my husband, um, he's also in human resources <laughs> and has switched jobs and careers several times. And so I've been witness to his um, struggles and opportunities. So it's been really cool to see things work in action. Yeah. And you specialize in helping job seekers make transitions. You do webinars. I know you do a lot of work on, on LinkedIn. But today we're going to be talking specifically about cover letters and somewhat trying to answer this ever-existing question of are cover letters dead? Are they dead? And what have you found in your recent research? Well, they are not dead, not, not, by, not by a far chance yet. And, and I actually did a survey a little bit over two years ago because um, even in our own industry, people were saying no need to send a cover letter. Um, so I did a research, um, a survey actually, and I got um, 242 recruiters, talent acquisition managers, and um, HR managers from Fortune 500 companies. And I asked them a series of questions about cover letters, and I just want to go through some of the results. So the first question I asked, um, do you read cover letters? And surprisingly, 63% of um, hiring managers will read a cover letter. The next question was, do you read a cover letter after or before the resume? And 58% said they read the resume after I mean, the cover letter after the resume, um, which is interesting. Years ago, the reason it's called a cover letter is because we put in an envelope, we covered a resume with a letter, hence the name cover letter. So today, that's kind of a little the opposite. They will read it after the resume. Um, another question they asked us is, does a, cover, um, does a cover letter impact your decision on scheduling a phone interview? And 62% of those people, hiring managers who do read cover letters, said yes. It will engage them to um, say yes or no to your phone interview. Another interesting question, do you internally forward a cover letter with the resumes? And 58% of the hiring managers said yes. So what I mean by that, if they start setting up interview um, processes, they actually send a resume and cover letter to the next person who's going to do an interview. So just travel through the whole interview process. Um, another question asks, can a great cover letter boost a marginal resume? And 66% said yes. So you have a resume where they might not know exactly if you're if you're a perfect fit. Sometimes they will go to the cover letter just to get a deeper understanding of who you are. So I would imagine if the resume is not a really a good fit, they probably wouldn't be seeing your resume anyway. But um, I'm not sure if they would look at your cover letter anyway. So, but the the results in the in the overall survey is cover letters still have value. And another question asks, what happens when you ask for a cover letter? 
and it's not supplied with the application, 82% of the time managers say they would disqualify the applicant because they can't follow instructions. So I even have clients that won't write a cover letter, and they said it's a waste of time, and they're applying for jobs that are asking for cover letters, but yet they're not uh, applying with a cover letter. So even in our recruiting, we do I have four recruiters on my team. If a company requires a cover letter and they don't supply one, we can't forward on a resume. So it's an interesting survey results, and that's proof to me, which I already knew, that the cover letter is far from being dead. It might have brought some of its sizzle over the past decade, but it still is a valuable career marketing tool. Yeah, because people are reading it, even if they're reading it after your resume, which was also my experience when I was helping people hire, uh, and you know, whether it was on a nonprofit board or whatever, they would look at the resumes first and see who was qualified and who wasn't, and that would pare down the numbers of things. And then they'd look to the cover letters to kind of differentiate the people who are qualified from the people who were qualified and passionate. Of course, being in the nonprofit, it was, you know, is the, are they a good fit? And in higher education, same thing. Yes, they're qualified, right. but now I want to see, are they really passionate about community colleges? Or, you know, what is it about this position that they've called out in their cover letter and if they haven't hadn't done that, if they just regurgitated the resume or whatever, it didn't help them at all. Yeah, most definitely. And that actually um, gets me into the second part of the survey. That so I basically asked the question: Why do cover letters, Why do cover letters fail? It wasn't a multiple choice question. It wasn't yes or no. And I'm just going to go over some of the top result um, answers I have. Um, lacks additional information. Repeats the resume, which you just said. I can't tell you how many resumes, a um, couple of I read where there's 15 bullet points from the resume just repeated into the cover letter. So I just read your resume and you just repeat the information. So you're losing out our opportunity to continue to market your value. Not written well, poor communication skills. So you can have a great resume, but when it comes down to writing a letter to the hiring manager, that helps prove how well you communicate. So this, the, a well-written cover letter could really go far. Repeat the job posting. A lot of people take their approach. They take five or six bullet points from the job posting, and they, you know, they write, I bring to the table, and they copy word for word from the job posting. Hiring managers know what they're doing, so most of them will pick up on that. No connection to the company. I view the resume as proving you have the skill set, experience, and education for the position. I view the coverlet as do you fit the company. So there needs to be connection to the company the mission statement, the vision statement, connecting to the products or services they offer or sell. Um, you know, when I'm hiring somebody, I want to make sure I'm hiring a person who really knows the company and, and knows what they're getting themselves into um, and, and really connect to the company's culture and how they operate. No personality lacks creativity. Some couple of them are so boring and they look exactly like every other single couple of There's no creativity. There's no conversation. Uh, they don't persuade the candidate is the right person for the job. Um, they're, they're just lacking that connection to the job and the company. Boring, no human voice. And what do I mean by human voice? This is a letter you're writing to the hiring manager or the human resource department. So it could be a little conversational. It could talk about yourself, what you bring to the table. Um, how do you lead teams to, to be successful? Um, how do you boost sales and drive sales increases? And no insight to who the candidate is. 
I want to know a little bit about you, and a couple that is a perfect spot to tell me a little bit about you and what you bring to the table that makes you relevant. So those were the main reasons why a couple of us failed from the survey I, I put out there. Yeah, and, and that's uh, just uh, so telling that employers are saying, you know, really connect with us in this letter. Is there one of those or two of those that stand out the most to, to you? Yes, and that is connecting to the company. So you send me your resume. I Even when we write a couple letters for our clients, we like to leave one paragraph open, and that paragraph open is why the company name and why TD Bank or why Amazon. And then writing a small paragraph that tells why you want to work for us. And that's your job. The, the purpose of a couple letters is to show you match the company. So write a paragraph, a well-written paragraph, three to five lines thick, about why you connect to the company, what they do, who they are, um, where they're going, where they've been. So connect to the mission statement, the vision statement. Sometimes just reading the company's um, website and you look at the history, you look at the future plans, connect to that in a couple of that. And that's really powerful because we want to choose talented people, but we want to choose the right people. And this helps a recruit understand you could be the right person. Right. And you're making that connection. I like for my clients to do it in the first paragraph to really make that connection there and why they want to work for them. What do they know about them? Have they seen someone from the company on an, in an article or do a presentation or read some news? Just something to show that they have made a deeper connection than just you have a job open that I want to apply to, right? Exactly. I even had a, um, someone send, we were recruiting for a sales, um, the original sales manager. And in the cover letter, he, he, actually wrote, I noticed the past three quarters, the company has been going a little backwards in sales and profits. I would love to be part of that solution to get the company back on track. That alone told me this person took the time to really understand the company where they are now. And that made a huge difference in getting that first interview. Yeah. Yeah. That connection point. And we think about it maybe being more important with certain types of organizations, like I was just saying, you know, nonprofit or higher ed. But then your example illustrates how it really can be the differentiator for any position. Oh, most definitely. I actually, if you have a few, if you have a minute, I want to just read a job, opening part of a job posting and the opening part of the couple of, do we have about? Yeah, yeah, please do. Okay. So um, this was a job posting for, um, Trader Joe's. And let me just make up the job posting. Hold on. I apologize. No, that's good. Um, so the opening, this is for a, a store manager for Trader Joe's. So this is the opening um, paragraph of the, of the job posting. Do you possess a sense of adventure? Do you like to make people laugh? Do you love great food? Would you rather wear a Hawaiian shirt to work than a, over a shirt, uh, over a suit? If the, answer is yes, if the answer is yes, we have a management opportunity that will challenge you. So the cover letter we did, in bold, blue, on top of the cover letter, we wrote, Dear Mr. Jones, life is an adventure, smiles are contagious, great food is like oxygen, I look marvelous in the wine shirt. And the job posting also asked four specific questions about Trader Joe's, and we answered every single question, including the salary question. And the resume for the client was really good, but the, his cover letter 
is what got into job posting. And everyone in the hiring chain said a cover letter was exactly what they were looking for. So it was the vibe of the cover letter over the resume that got in the job interview. Yes, that's so fun. It's that opportunity for people to get to share a little bit of personality. I think sometimes the um, mistake that I see people make is taking that idea of, oh, I want people to know my personality and putting in all these kind of empty descriptors. Like if that person had said, um, you know, oh, I'm funny and I love great food, it wouldn't have come across as well as the information that you shared. So there's a different, it's not talking about, you know, look at how great I am, but it's either sharing examples or stories or making that connection in a little bit deeper way. And I always tell clients, you know, less adjectives, less descriptors, and my clients are resume writers. So I'm telling my resume writers, less descriptors, less you know, less adjectives and really connect based on those, those stories or a quote can be a great way to do it. So we have to get past kind of the um, superficial statements that people think are describing themselves when really it's just a bunch of generic words. And I I love the example that you shared because it was very personal. And even at the bottom of the job post, and they say, wow us with your cover letter and experience to guarantee a response. Um, so they were serious about the cover letter. Um, and companies are. You know, people assume, oh, cover letters are out of style, they're dated. Yeah, maybe in some cases. But if you go to apply for a job and there's an opportunity, a slot to upload a resume, another one to upload a cover letter, that means the company is expecting the cover letter. And not supplying one is going to sometimes – just take some great value from how you can communicate to the company. Um, and if a company's asked for salary history, lots of times, and this Trader Joe asked for salary history, and this client um, that applied for this job was 15000 over the typical salary brand, and they still hired him because everything just fit. Um, so, um, so let's take a short break, and maybe when we come well, back, we'll talk a little bit about how we address that salary question in the letter and some of the other best practices. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Thomas Pounder about cover letters. And Thomas, you shared some data that 68% of your 242 Fortune 500 recruiters said that they are reading a cover letter, which is great. We know that it's still, you know, it's still a part of the package. And you were just saying right before we went on break that if there is a place for someone to upload it, they should definitely include one. Tell us a, a few more hints as to when someone should make sure that they include one, or do you tell your clients to include one all the time? I tell them to include it all the time. Just assume every um, job posting is going to be asking for a cover letter. There are occasions where they, a company will say, just send your resume, no cover letter needed, then don't send one. If you send one, again, you're not following instructions. It's sometimes it's that simple. But if they give you an opportunity to upload it, just assume they required one, even if that's, even if that's said in the job posting. Um, again, this is also following instructions. You know, even when I'm hiring for someone and we want a salary history or salary requirements that you're looking for, um, and you don't include in the cover letter and we tell you to, well, you're not following instructions. And that's not a good note to start, a, um, start the process off. This, um, this um, Trader Joe's job I was um, speaking about earlier, um, okay, it says typically you can earn between forty and 75000 a year based on a 47.5-hour work week. In addition to a fun environment, you can also expect two consecutive days off. Wow, that's great. Um, but um, <laughs> and they also say, give, give us just our requirements. So they're telling that typically the job is forty to 75000 My client was over that, and this is how we address that in the couple that. We have a paragraph called my salary, and just simple of being straightforward about it. My current base is 88000 plus year-end performance bonus. I understand from your job posting that my total compensation will be above your scale. But I believe that I have, I believe as the interview process progresses, we can pinpoint a salary that fits both of our needs. I also picture myself as a perfect, uh, uh, as a part of the regional mobile driver program. That's when they take store managers and make them regional managers. So he's already putting himself in the future in the company. He's letting them know up front he's 13000 over the top of the range, and he did get hired at 88000 plus the bonus package. So just because you had a range doesn't mean you shouldn't apply. If you're a good fit, you're a good fit. And then talk about salary afterwards. So I yeah, thought that was a, a good way, and we got the interview. Right, yeah, and sharing the numbers. Sometimes people share a range. Are there other solutions that you think work for that? Um, being up front, I mean, you know, unfortunately, a lot, a lot of people like undervalue their own value in the market. 
and sometimes I take a job and it's 20000 less and say, oh, I'll get a raise in a year. Or, or sometimes even a company would say, well, within two years, you'll be back up there. In my experience, if you don't get the salary you need or want to deserve up front, it's very hard to get it in a year or two. It just takes a long time to get it back up to that level, and then you out-market it yourself again. I'm not sure if you find that being the case in most cases. Yeah, and I've had clients who thought that maybe their past salary was much lower than the salary they should be paid, and so they would put the range that they expected, you know, do the research, talk to some people, do the research online, do the glass door research, whatever they could, and put in a range of what they expected instead of putting in their past history because they thought it was so far off of what they should be paid. Yeah, and that's, you know, when you search for salary, there's a lot of good resources out there. I say look at four or five of those websites that give you salary information and take an average of all five because there's so much data out there. And most of it's pretty close to being accurate. But take an average because some of these sites have different um, algorithms in the back end when it talks about education and years of experience and so on. Um, and another thing with a with couple letters is when you look at the job posting, most job posters are written in order of relevance, so meaning that top five or six out of ten things they're looking for, the top five and normally the top things they're looking for. To look at the top four or five, if they're looking for someone with strong leadership or they're looking for someone to drive you know, revenue, um, look at those five top bullet points and try to address them in a couple letters. So in this Trader Joe, they're talking about having someone who has good leadership. So even on the cover letter, we have a paragraph called, I value leadership, and we speak about his leadership ability and how he values leadership. And that paragraph was also very powerful um, during the job interview. So try to address how you fit you know, some of the top competencies and traits they're looking for in that position. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea to think about the main points that they're looking for and really address those head on. Any other best practices that people can do when they're using their when they're writing their cover letter? Well, follow follow, follow the instructions of the cover letter because lots of times they ask direct questions, um, and even if they look for someone five years of experience and you have only a four, don't hide that. Don't hide the fact that they think you won't they won't notice. Talk about it. I know you're looking for someone five years of experience. I am sure one year of experience, but my intense, you know. Um, or my really deep experience in XYZ will make up for it. You know, just keep um, confirming the right fit. So whatever you're looking for in a couple of that, make sure you address. Um, and um, whatever you're looking for in the job post, make sure you address as much of that as possible without just repeating the resume. Um, so, again, so if someone's looking to, someone to be a strong project manager, so talk about how do I meet deadlines. Um, and talk. Uh, give me a small paragraph of example of what you do, what techniques, technologies you use to meet deadlines. So it's really connecting to the top things they need you to have. It's connecting to the company's mission and value statement. It's having a conversation with the hiring manager to convince them, you know, pick me for the job interview, and then you continue that selling. Again, a resume, a LinkedIn profile, a couple of other all career marketing campaign tools. And any marketing program is to, you know, sell the product or service. And you, in a job search, you're selling your your talent, your knowledge, your experience, your education, and what you do for companies. That's where your brand value, that's where your um, value in your career marketing campaign lies. So make sure that shines on the resume, LinkedIn, and cover letter. 
Yeah, and when we're thinking about how they can, because you said earlier that they don't want to copy and paste bullets from their resume. So this seems like it would be a good strategy for not doing that, is to look at what they're asking and then create summaries, stories, kind of highlights from the resume Obviously, I mean, you know, it's going to be similar content, but it's a different for presentation and it's perhaps a full story that we couldn't tell the full story in a resume. So there's a lot of opportunities to do things that aren't uh, a copy and paste. Oh, most definitely. And a, a recruit who's experienced would pick up on it in a, two seconds. And if I see a couple that has copy and paste right directly from the resume or it's not following what we ask, I just look at that candidate as being lazy, trying to take a shortcut at it and not doing the work that they need to get this job interview. So once you understand that, you know, recruiters can't pick up on that very quickly. Yeah, that, and it feels like a template and nobody wants to, you know, get that template cover letter, which is why you were saying at the very beginning, we want to make that connection and speak directly to why we are a good fit for that company, because then we know as the reader, that it was something that's put together just for us. Yeah, definitely. You want to get a human voice in the cover You know, talk about relevant things to the job, problems I fix, what drives me, uh, where I see myself in three years. That's a great little paragraph for entry-level candidates. Um, my added value, uh, my favorite quotes. Sometimes adding a favorite quote to the bottom of the resume could add some insight to how you you know, things you believe in and how you approach your, your career. Um, just, just endless different mini paragraphs and little stories you can tell in a couple of that could really make you stand out from the pack. It's, it's actually kind of fun to do when you start getting used to writing your cover letter. And don't forget yeah. your voice. <laughs> yeah. I, I, even had a, I, I even had a client, um, we decided to put my age. He was in his late 50s. And it was obvious when you look at his LinkedIn profile, he was not a 30-something um, professional. So we talk about his age, and we talk about his experience solving problems, and his uh, leadership ability was um, uncircled around any young professional. And that statement alone, speaking about his age and the cover letter, was, you know, he thought it was kind of unique. A little bit, he was a little scared of doing it, but it, it really, really worked. So uh, I'm not saying that's the right approach to everybody, but in this situation, it was a perfect approach. Um, sometimes we take assessments. A lot of my clients would take a disc by leadership assessment and then taking some of that rich content from that leadership report and even announce it comes from the disc style um, assessment and resume gives credibility to the content. And again, this is strong content and strong um, ways to market your value. So there's so many different ways to approach a cover letter. Typically keep it at one page. There's no need, I don't think, um, you know, if you can send a three-page cover letter, you should send a note with it. I'm sorry, my cover letter three pages. I didn't take the time to make it one. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. I, I've gotten three-page cover letters, and it's, it's just not fun. Well, I used to write them for academics, but that was a little bit different. You know, when you're applying to a university position, they usually re are grading the cover letter maybe even more than the resume to find how much you connect to the requirements. So I've done that for that position, but definitely wouldn't do it for a, a corporate position. A corporate. So Agreed. Tom, yes, tell yes. us a little bit about Academic how people can connect with you. What easiest way is LinkedIn. Uh, I live in LinkedIn. So just search for Tom Pound on LinkedIn. 
Uh, I'm one of very few Tom Pounders, so I, my last name is not common. I think there's only one other Tom Pounder on LinkedIn in the U.S., and he lives in Philadelphia, and he um, works in maintenance. So that's the best way to connect with me. And I, I accept connection requests. Just say, um, you know, how you found me, and then um, we get started networking. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing your research around the cover letters. That's fascinating. And as you said, we follow the directions. We include the cover letter if there's any opportunity to do that. And um, just a great example that you shared. So we're going to take a break here on the Career Confidant. We're going to say goodbye to Tom, and then we'll be back to unpack this a little bit, talk a little bit deeper about what you need to do in your cover letter and how it's different than your resume. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to the Career Confidant. Today we were talking with Tom Powner and he, you know, such a great wealth of information. So do look him up. It's P-O-W-N-E-R on LinkedIn and you can connect with him, read his information. He, he shares a lot of great tips just in the, the LinkedIn feed and the things that he shares. So he did share that 63% of his 242 Fortune 500 people said that they read a cover letter. As we were talking about, you know, most of them read it after the resume. They look at the resume, or they may also use some technology to help them look at the resumes and figure out who is qualified. And then they dive into that cover letter to really figure out who is a fit 
who connects with that organization, who stands out. And this is a place where, as I'm working with resume writers and grading grading papers and looking at, at what people are doing, this is one of our challenges when we've been writing for a while. We tend to get overly formal. Um, maybe we kind of use the same introductions over and over again. And I really challenge us, challenge you as a job seeker or a resume writer and me, myself, to think about how we can put aside some of those formulaic and formatted responses and really think about how does this client connect to this company. And I know a lot of times we're, we just want to have a cover letter, that basic template cover letter, but it, we never want to send that to every, anyone. And so usually I'll have my clients connect with me and send me a job description and tell me a little bit about why they're interested in that so that we can do an example or two, and then they can write those paragraphs for themselves. And, you know, depending on how they're doing their work, maybe they send that letter to me after they adjust it and I can give them feedback or or make sure that it flows. But it's important that people realize the cover letter is not something that you can write once and send to every job. If you're doing that, you might as well not send one because you might actually be making yourself look worse than not sending one at all. And that's that's the challenge is it really has to be specific. So one of the analogies that I like to use when I'm thinking about cover letters is a greeting card. And you think about when somebody sends you a birthday card, if they sent you a birthday card and they didn't write anything on the inside, they just sent you the card, it's the you know Hallmark greeting message, you think, okay, that was nice. And it's probably even nicer than a templated cover letter because it, they went out of their way to send you something, but it falls a little bit short, right? It's, there's no connection, there's no greeting, there's nothing that can, you know, makes it feel like that person was actually connecting to you. I think about this in LinkedIn or even in Facebook where it says, you know, it's somebody's birthday today and you can send them the generic greeting. That's great, but you know you love it when people reach out to you via private message, ask you how your day was, when they write in that card something like even brief that shows they were really thinking about you, they miss you, they hope you have a great day. And the more personal that message, to a point at least, the more you love getting that card. You can read the inside and really feel like there's that connection. Uh, Of course, if someone calls you on your birthday and they really connect and talk to you, there's this levels of communication. And that's what we're trying to do with our cover letter is make a genuine connection to the organization. Now, we've got to do a little bit of research to make that happen. So we can read articles, press releases, watch videos, on people's websites, companies' websites a lot of times today, they have videos about why someone loves to work there. Find something that your client can connect to. Do they know what's going on with the product, with the company's sales or growth? And it's likely somehow they fit into the picture 
as Tom was saying with his sales example, the person had seen that the sales were dropping and they said, I'd love to be, you know, a part of that solution. That's great. We have to be careful about how we say those things. It sounds like he said it in a very positive way. I'm sure we've all got the sales pitches of your your website's horrible. I'd love to help you fix it or whatever it might be. Maybe even your LinkedIn profile is not optimized. I'd love to help you optimize it. Those probably are not as successful as, hey, I've seen this trend through your press releases, through your earnings reports, things that really show I'm doing my research and it's factual, it's out there, it's not my assessment of what's going on in their company. It's the facts of this is what's going on in their company and I am going to share that, connect with it. Then we look at the culture pieces. This is another great reason to watch the videos on a company's website, look at all the pictures, do everything we can to research and really understand the the culture. Is it more formal than my letter might be more formal? Is it the, you know, Trader Joe's wearing their Hawaiian shirts every day? Then I want my language, my approach to match that culture. And as I'm thinking about writing this letter, I'm really thinking about making those connection points, first to the company, then to the role, and how I offer that value and getting away from copying and pasting in content and instead expanding, really speaking to what it is that I I connect with and how I connect, how my skills connect to what they're doing. And I might take, you know, Tom was talking about an example where leadership was uh, important for one of those roles. And so I'm gonna take a couple of different leadership stories from my background and maybe combine them or choose one that's my favorite story about leadership and put in a little bit more detail in the cover letter than I could get in the resume. In a cover letter, I typically stick to short paragraphs So for maybe five lines in a Word document at the most, people don't read well today, right? We're skimming, we're moving quickly. So bullet points work in a a cover letter. They just need to be different from bullet points on the resume. They're not a copy and paste, but they can still work. And we can use short paragraphs depending on the style and the conversation that we want to be able to connect with. Each point or paragraph is going to have its own focus. So I think about going back to high school or maybe college in that when you learn to write an essay, right? And then when you learn to write an essay, there was always a five points and you led off with your thesis. These are the, you know, the main reason I connect to your company. So that is that connection point. This is how you connect to that, that company. Then you've got your three supporting points. These are the main pieces that show I'm qualified for your role. Those are directly off of the job description, any research you can do, where you're really making your point as how you demonstrate the qualifications that they're asking for. You don't need to tell them what their qualifications are. I know that was kind of an old school popular thing where it was, these are your qualifications and here's my, here's my expertise or how I align with those qualifications. You don't need to necessarily regurgitate their qualifications, but you do want to directly speak to those qualifications that they're asking for. And Tom said that on the job description, the 
top qualifications might be on the top. That might be true. You also want to look through those qualifications and think what will be the most differentiating. So if they're asking for a bachelor's degree, everyone's going to have that. I don't want that to be my top selling point on the cover letter. I want to highlight the things that might be differentiating my experiences, my qualifications, my uh, accomplishments, the stories that prove I have the skill sets that they're looking for and that I can walk in and do that job tomorrow. So I'm going to pick three or four main points and I might be able to kind of bundle a few skills. I'm not going to address all 15 bullets in the job description. I'm, I'm going to bundle those into three or four main areas and then communicate my best selling points towards those three or four areas, reframing things from the resume, summarizing, combining stories, or elongating a story that I talked to briefly in the resume, but really highlighting it and telling more of that story is going to demonstrate the skill set that they're looking for based on the job description and I'm highlighting in that cover letter. Throughout those experiences, I'm going to talk about how I work, why I'm connected to this type of work, so that I don't have to use a lot of adjectives or descriptors and kind of talk about how great I am in verbiage that nobody's going to read or listen to. I, I want to include it in these stories and exemplify it in the way that I'm sharing my experiences so that I don't have to make, you know, I'm an excellent communicator, I'm results oriented. Don't say those things, show them. It's one of the most misconstrued ideas is that personal branding is you sharing who you are in descriptors. You and your personal brand are the experiences that you choose to share, the way you communicate them and how you describe how you work not necessarily that we're using a lot of adjectives to describe ourselves. So you're picking those points, you're highlighting the main points, and those are your body paragraphs or bullets. And then you're closing, asking for the interview, looking forward to speaking with you. That language is going to be different depending on your role right? A counselor might say, I, I look forward to speaking with you about this. Salesperson might say, I'm going to call you on Tuesday and talk. I look forward to talking about this job Tuesday at 10 a.m. Different approaches, different types of careers, different industries. You've got that close where you're asking for, expecting a connection. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to go through three or four ways that you can address the salary question in a cover letter from Tom's very straight shooter to maybe some other approaches if that approach doesn't work for you for some reason. Not everything works for everybody. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we were talking with Thomas Pounder about cover letters and shared some great research, some thoughts around how you can stand out, loved his example, connecting to the the culture at Trader Joe's and and why people would want to work there, looking great in a Hawaiian shirt. So you can have a little bit of fun, get out of that routine, always thinking about the target audience culture and what makes sense. So we don't want to go overly informal to a formal company. We're doing that research, paying attention, connecting based on what their their pain points are. And it's funny, you know, there's always the latest gimmick <laughs> in the careers industry. And I hear people talking about the pain letter. Every cover letter should be a pain letter. In every cover letter, we should be thinking about what is the employer's pain, doing the research to identify it as much as possible, and then speaking to how our client brings the goods to address that pain. That is the main point of any letter. And that's what makes it different from your resume. It helps it stand out and it helps it connect and not just sound like generic goo that someone's throwing against all of the walls looking to see what will stick. So when we're thinking about these cover letters, as Thomas said, a lot of times the uh, the job description will ask for someone to share their salary history. And I got to tell you, I haven't looked into this too deep because I'm not living there anymore, but I did see that Colorado passed a law that requires job advertisements to list the salary. I cannot wait. Maybe I will be living long enough to see the day where job require job announcements list the salary. They have a budget. They know what they're going to pay. And it's just very silly to me. It's like going into somewhere and no price tags. How does that help anybody, right? So I'm glad about that. I hope that more states will follow suit and I hope that it will stand up in Colorado because it's new. So we'll see how it gets implemented. And a lot of job announcements will ask for you to share your compensation requirements or your compensation history. So they might ask it either way. Straight shooter is always a good strategy. So Tom said his client shared that his 
current compensation or most recent compensation was 88,000. Understand that's, you know, above your range. I'm sure we can come to some mutually agreed upon number through the interview process. So great straight shooting. And yet I'm open. We'll talk. Let's discuss. Now, there might be some opportunities where this does not work. So you might be way over or under and not wanting to share your compensation history. In those cases, if there's a really good reason not to share your compensation history, even though they're asking for that, I would encourage you to share your expected compensation range. And not even perhaps address that you're answering the wrong question. So they asked for the compensation history. You're going to say, based on my research, I would expect compensation to be between 75 and 80,000. I think the example Tom gave, they had a number in their listing, which is odd, doesn't happen very often. But let's say they don't give you a number and they ask for your compensation history. You could use your expected compensation. Do your research. As Tom said, you know, you've got lots of resources from Glassdoor to salary.com, uh, ONET or ACINET, the government's salary numbers aren't great, but they're there. So look at several different options. Talk to the people that you know who are in the industry do the research so that you could share your expected compensation use a range you might even use you know fairly large range 10 to 15,000 shows i'm flexible but i've done my research and this is what i expect if there is an opportunity to do that use it at the bottom of your cover letter so start with the sales pitches <laughs> this is how you connect these are the ways that you can demonstrate you're going to meet their qualifications or solve their problems, their pains, and then towards the bottom, not necessarily in your closing paragraph, but maybe right before that, you've got a short paragraph where you're talking about salary, travel, any of those other pieces that are important for meeting their questions. I would not include these things unless it makes sense. So don't talk salary unless they tell you that they want to see your salary requirements or history. Otherwise, just leave that out. There isn't a reason to do it unless they've asked. As Tom said, if they've asked, we want to do as much as we can to as closely follow those directions as possible without causing ourselves real challenges. So you can list your expected. If their qualification number is higher than what you've been paid in the past, you could also calculate your total compensation, which includes benefits, healthcare. You know, you can Google total compensation, see what they're talking about, and do the calculations for yourself and figure out if that total compensation number would make more sense for you to share. So they say that their position is 75,000 and in the past you've been paid 50, you go and you calculate your total compensation. Maybe it's closer to 70 because a lot of times there is a lot in there with your healthcare and 401k and all of that. So you could say my total compensation at my last role was 70,000. Then you don't sound so far off and you're able to share that number instead. So that's another option. 
So you've got the straight shooter, tell them what you've been making, and then draw the connection. The range, so sharing the expected range instead of your actual compensation. The other way you can say it is that great phrase that Tom had in his letter. Instead of sharing the number first, you could just say, I look forward to speaking about compensation and am sure that if I'm the right candidate, we can come to a mutual agreement around salary. So you can put in that vague statement. You're somewhat following the directions. You're just not giving them a number. May or may not work. Depends on the recruiter and what they've got going on, how many candidates they get, how many candidates respond to salary, and how they feel about the rest of your package, right? Then you can just ignore it. So if there is a really good reason to do so, there's a huge discrepancy between what you've been paid and what this pays, you might just ignore it and see if no one notices. It's the last resort, but if you really feel like putting your requirements and or your past history is going to hurt you and you don't want to do the vague statement, you can experiment with what happens when I leave this out. Those are great opportunities to read. There's salary negotiation tips and blogs, and we've done a lot of it on this show. So you can read and see what feels good to you, and you can experiment. Apply to a few jobs, sharing your history, even though you think it's way off, and see what happens. Apply to a few jobs, not addressing the salary question, see what happens. And again, you only need to worry about this if they've put in their job advertisement that they want you to address salary requirements or salary um, history in the job, in the cover letter. Great information here about cover letters. I'd encourage you to find Tom Powner, P-O-W-N-E-R, on LinkedIn. And at Resume Writing Academy, if you're looking for some resources around cover letters and e-notes, we've got a two-hour webinar on cover letters and e-notes that might be helpful, as well as cover letter examples in all of our two-hour webinar sessions covering different career activities. So finance, sales was one of our latest ones. Executives will always include some cover letter samples in there to help you see what's the latest and greatest. We are going to have a lineup of amazing guests here on The Career Confidant. I finally got my career thought leaders and resume writing community activated to come on the show and share the thought leadership around their area of expertise with you. Next week, we're going to be talking about virtual excellence and you are not going to want to miss it. So let me know if you have any suggestions for the show. We look forward to seeing you right back here again on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.